Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Section 44 of An American Tragedy, Volume 1 by Theodore Dreiser. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Tatiana Chichilla. Book 2, Chapter 25. But in the interim, in connection with his relations with Roberta, no least reference to Sandra, although, even when near her in the factory or her room, he could not keep his thoughts from wandering away to where Sandra in her imaginary high social world might be. The while Roberta, at moments only sensing a drift and remoteness in his thought and attitude which had nothing to do with her, was wondering what it was that of late was beginning to occupy him so completely, and he in his turn when she was not looking was thinking— Supposing? Supposing, since she had troubled to recall herself to him, that he could interest a girl like Sandra in him. What then of Roberta? What? And in the face of this intimate relation that had now been established between them? Goodness, the deuce! And that he did care for her. Yes, he did. Although now, basking in the direct rays of this newer luminary, he could scarcely see Roberta any longer, so strong were the actinic rays of this other. Was he all wrong? Was it evil to be like this? His mother would say so, and his father too, and perhaps everybody who thought right about life. Sandra Finchley, maybe? The Griffiths? All. And yet, and yet, it was snowing the first light snow of the year as Clyde, arrayed in a new collapsible silk hat and white silk muffler, both suggested by a friendly haberdasher, or in short, with whom recently he had come in contact here, and a new silk umbrella wherewith to protect himself from the snow, made his way toward the very interesting, if not so very imposing, residence of the Trumbulls on Waikiki Avenue. It was quaint, low, and rambling, and the lights beaming from within upon the many drawn blinds gave it a Christmas card effect. And before it, even at the prompt hour at which he arrived, were ranged a half-dozen handsome cars of various builds and colors. The sight of them, sprinkled on tops, running boards and fenders with the fresh, flaky snow, gave him a keen sense of a deficiency that was not likely soon to be remedied in his case, the want of ample means wherewith to equip himself with such a necessity as that, and inside as he approached the door he could hear voices, laughter, and conversation commingled. A tall, thin servant relieved him of his hat, coat, and umbrella, and he found himself face to face with Jill Trumbull, who apparently was on the lookout for him, a smooth, curly-haired blonde girl, not too thrillingly pretty, but brisk and smart, in white satin, with arms and shoulders bare and rhinestones banded around her forehead. "'No trouble to tell who you are,' she said gaily, approaching and giving Clyde her hand. "'I'm Jill Trumbull. Miss Finchley hasn't come yet, but I can do the honors just as well, I guess. Come right in where the rest of us are.' She led the way into a series of connecting rooms that seemed to join each other at right angles, adding as she went, 
You do look an awful lot like Gil Griffiths, don't you? Do I? smiled Clyde simply and courageously, and very much flattered by the comparison. The ceilings were low. Pretty lamps behind painted shades hugged dark walls. Open fires in two connecting rooms cast a rosy glow upon cushioned and comfortable furniture. There were pictures, books, objects of art. Here, Tracy, you do the announcing, will you? she called. My brother, Tracy Trumbull, Mr. Griffiths. Mr. Clyde Griffiths, everybody, she added, surveying the company in general, which in turn fixed varying eyes upon him, while Tracy Trumbull took him by the hand. Clyde, suffering from a sense of being studied, nevertheless achieved a warm smile. At the same time, he realized that, for the moment at least, conversation had stopped. "'Don't all stop talking on my account,' he ventured with a smile, which caused most of those present to conceive of him as at ease and resourceful. At the same time, Tracy added, "'I'm not going to do any man-to-man -man introduction stuff. We'll stand right here and point him out. That's my sister, Gertrude, over there talking to Scott Nicholson.' Clyde noted that a small, dark girl dressed in pink with a pretty and yet saucy and piquant face nodded to him. And beside her, a very de rigueur youth of fine physique and pink complexion nodded jerkily. How'd you do? And a few feet from them, near a deep window, stood a tall and yet graceful girl of dark and by no means ravishing features, talking to a broad-shouldered and deep-chested youth of less than her height, who were proclaimed to be Arabella Stark and Frank Harriet. They're arguing over a recent Cornell-Syracuse football game. Bertrand Taylor and Miss Fant of Utica, he went on almost too swiftly for Clyde to assemble any mental notes. Pearly Haynes and Miss Vanda Steele. Well, I guess that's all as yet. Oh no, here come Grant and Nina Temple. Clyde paused and gazed as a tall and somewhat dandified-looking youth, sharp of face and with murky gray eyes, steered a trim, young, plump girl in fawn gray, and with a light chestnut braid of hair laid carefully above her forehead into the middle of the room. Hello, Jill. Hello, Vanda. Hello, Wynette. In the midst of these greetings on his part, Clyde was presented to these two, neither of whom seemed to pay much attention to him. Didn't think we'd make it, went on young Cranston, speaking to all at once. Nina didn't want to come, but I promised Bertine and Jill, or I wouldn't have either. We were up at the Bagley's. Guess who's up there, Scott? Van Peterson and Rhoda Hull. They're just over for the day. "'You don't say,' called Scott Nicholson, a determined and self-centered-looking individual. Clyde was arrested by the very definite sense of social security and ease that seemed to reside in everybody. "'Why didn't you bring him along? I'd like to see Rhoda again, and Van, too.' "'Couldn't. They have to go back early,' they say. They may stop in later for a minute. "'Gee, isn't dinner served yet? I expected to sit right down.' "'These lawyers, don't you know they don't eat often?' commented Frank Harriet, who was a short but broad-chested and smiling youth. Very agreeable, very good-looking, and with even white teeth. Clyde liked him. Well, whether they do or not, we do, or out I go. Did you hear who's being touted for stroke next year over at Cornell? This college chatter relating to Cornell, and shared by Harriet, Cranston, and others, Clyde could not understand. He had scarcely heard of the various colleges with which this group was all too familiar. At the same time, he was wise enough to sense the defect and steer clear of any questions or conversations which might relate to them. However, because of this, he at once felt out of it. These people were better informed than he was, had been to colleges. Perhaps he had better claim that he had been to some school. In Kansas City, he had heard of the State University of Kansas, not so very far from there, also the University of Missouri, and in Chicago of the University of Chicago. Could he say that he had been to one of those, that Kansas one for a little while, anyway? 
on the instant he proposed to claim it if asked and then look up afterwards what if anything he was supposed to know about it what if for instance he might have studied he had heard of mathematics somewhere why not that but these people as he could see were too much interested in themselves to pay attention to him now he might be a griffiths and important to some outside but here not so much a matter of course as it were and because tracy trumbull for the moment had turned away to say something to win at fant he felt quite alone beached and helpless and with no one to talk to but just then the small dark girl gertrude came over to him the crowd's a little late in getting together it always is if we said eight they'd come at eight thirty or nine isn't that always the way it certainly is replied clyde gratefully endeavoring to appear as brisk and as much as ease as possible i'm gertrude trumbull she repeated the sister of the good-looking jill a cynical and yet amused smile played about her mouth and eyes you nodded to me but you don't know me just the same we've been hearing a lot about you she teased in an attempt to trouble clyde a little if possible a mysterious griffiths here in lycurgus whom no one seems to have met i saw you once in central avenue though you were going into rich's candy store you didn't know that though do you like candy oh yes i like candy why asked clyde on the instant feeling teased and disturbed since the girl for whom he was buying the candy was roberta at the same time he could not help feeling slightly more at ease with this girl than with some others for although cynical and not so attractive her manner was genial and she now spelled escape from isolation and hence diffidence you're probably just saying that she laughed a bantering look in her eyes more likely you were buying it for some girl you have a girl haven't you why clyde paused for the fraction of a second because as she asked this roberta came to his mind and the query had anyone ever seen him with roberta flitted through his brain also thinking